0: Live from the
1: Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Tuesday, February 28th. Coming up today...
2: Goldman Sachs holds a key investor day.
1: Hong Kong is set to end its mask mandate.
2: The Supreme Court hears arguments on President Biden's student
1: debt plan. And Zoom shares Zoom higher after profit tops estimates.
3: The first significant snowfall hits New York City, plus Fox boss Rupert Murdoch testified that hosts endorsed Donald Trump's false election claims. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead.
4: I'm John Stash, Aaron Sports. The Knicks stay hot, won their sixth in a row, beating the league-leading Celtics at the Garden.
3: That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak, the business news you need to start your day in just one 15-minute podcast each morning on Apple, Spotify, the Bloomberg Business app, and everywhere you get your podcasts.
2: Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager.
1: And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today.
2: And we begin on Wall Street, where Goldman Sachs leaders take the stage today, hoping to turn the page on a forgettable 2022. They will lay out reasons for investors to rally around the stock and look to quell concerns within the bank after an unsuccessful foray into consumer banking. Sridhar Natarajan covers Goldman for Bloomberg News.
5: The image you have of a Goldman Sachs is a place that does not tolerate average. So when you have a venture, when you spend so much time into saying you could build a new platform that could become the leading digital banking firm in the country, and then that gets unraveled, that puts a lot of pressure. And even after the reorganization they announced a few months ago, that has not satisfied the partners inside the firm, that has not satisfied investors and analysts. So they are still seeking answers. So the question is, are all options still on the table, will they be forced to do another radical revamp?
2: Bloomberg's Srinatharajan says Goldman's profits slumped by about half last year.
1: Well, another bank in the news this morning, Nathan, brings us to Switzerland. The country's banking regulator says Credit Suisse, quote, seriously breached its risk management obligations in the Green Silk Capital financing affair. The Swiss bank was ordered to take remedial measures by FINMA, which include a periodic executive board-level review.
2: Another company under fire in recent weeks, Karen, has been Adani. And today, the Indian conglomerate is on a roadshow to rebuild confidence. That's after short-seller Hindenburg Research accused it of accounting fraud and stock manipulation. We spoke exclusively this morning with the chief financial officer, Juga Shinder
6: Singh. We have an obligation and duty to uh, face uh, people Mm -hmm. in in an environment like this Mm -hmm. and not just simply do VCs and calls, but to uh, actually uh, meet in person and answer the questions in person. Adani's CFO
2: says the company is not looking to refinance debt or inject capital.
1: In London today, Nathan, shares of Man Group are surging. The world's largest publicly traded hedge fund reported more than $3 billion of inflows last year. That's more than three times higher than the average analyst estimate, and Man Group shares up about 7%.
2: Turning to the economy, Karen, we have surprise data out of France and Spain today. Inflation numbers for both countries came in hot. That's putting pressure on the European Central Bank. Let's get the details live from Bloomberg's Ewan Potts in London. Good morning, Ewan.
5: Good morning, Nathan and Karen. Bond yields surging in Europe today after not one, but two unwelcome inflation prints. French CPI accelerated to a record 7.2% in the year to February, and Spanish inflation unexpectedly rose on higher electricity and food costs. For the first time, money markets are now fully pricing in a 4% terminal rate for the European Central Bank. That's up from the 3.5% investors expected at the beginning of the year. In London, I'm Ewan Potts, Bloomberg Daybreak.
1: All hey, right, Ewan, thanks. Well, over an eight Asia today, a major development on the pandemic front. Hong Kong is dropping its mask mandate as of tomorrow. Bloomberg Daybreak Asia anchor Brian Curtis has more from the former British territory.
3: It's the final piece of the puzzle in bringing the COVID era to a much-awaited close. It's been 945 days of masking up, a period where great damage has been done to the Hong Kong economy and its status. The government is pushing hard now to attract tourists and overseas workers here. Coming up in the next month, a music festival, Art Basel, and the Rugby Sevens tournament. It's Hong Kong trying to say, we're back. In Hong Kong, Brian Curtis, Bloomberg Daybreak.
2: Okay, Brian, thank you. Well, back here in the U.S., President Biden's student loan forgiveness plan goes before the Supreme Court today, and the outcome could have widespread implications. Amy Morris has details from our Bloomberg 99. one newsroom in Washington.
5: 40 million people could see up to $20,000 of their student loan debt canceled depending on the outcome of today's hearing. The Biden administration says a 2003 law called the HEROES Act gives the education secretary special powers when responding to national emergencies. They contend the Trump administration did the same thing in 2020 after then-President Trump declared the pandemic a national emergency. Six Republican-led states and two borrowers contend the HEROES Act has never been used on such a vast scale before. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Radio.
1: All right, Amy, thanks. Well, let's get to the markets now, and specifically earnings. Shares of Zoom up 6.5% in early trading after an upbeat profit forecast. Let me get the details live with Bloomberg's Steve Rappaport. Steve, good morning.
2: Good morning, Karen and Nathan. Investors were encouraged after Zoom's forecast for the fiscal first quarter topped expectations. The upbeat outlook points to signs that customers are sticking with the video conferencing app. Zoom launched more than a decade ago and exploded in popularity at the height of the pandemic when much of the global work. Force went remote, but the stock plummeted in the last two years as the world gradually reopened. Live in New York, I'm Steve Rapaport, Bloomberg Daybreak. Thank you, Steve. Finally, Elon Musk is back on top. The Tesla CEO has regained his spot as the world's richest person after briefly losing that title to Francis Bernard Arnault. Musk's wealth has been aided by a nearly 70% surge in Tesla stock price this year. It's up about 100% from its intraday low in early January. According to the Bloomberg Billionaires Index, Musk's net wealth currently stands at more than $187 billion. It is 33 degrees in New York. We've got some snow showers here and there. And a winter weather advisory till 1 this afternoon for a mix of snow, sleet, and rain. We'll get up to near 40 degrees today. Time now to look at the other stories making news in New York and
3: around the world with Bloomberg's Michael Barr. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. It is the first significant snowfall of the winter for New York City. Bloomberg meteorologist Rob Carolyn has more on the sloppy mix of snow, sleet, and rain. Michael, the worst of the storm is inland, away from the coast, where the coast is only going to be seeing snow, sleet, and rain this morning, changing to rain, which limits the additional accumulations. Inland will continue to see snowfall. A lot of areas are probably going to see more than five inches. That's why we have winter storm warnings in effect inland. Michael? Thanks, Rob. When it's all done, the city will get about one to three inches of snowfall. Outlying areas will get more. Meanwhile, in Harrison, New York, about 20 miles outside of Manhattan, this woman was stocking up on groceries last night.
1: I was like looking everywhere. There was no bread, no eggs, no milk.
3: Some accidents in the tri-state area have already been reported. Fox Chairman Rupert Murdoch testified that its popular commentators endorsed Donald Trump's false claim that the 2020 presidential election was rigged, even though Murdoch said he doubted the conspiracy theory right away. That's according to his testimony under oath in a $1.6 billion defamation lawsuit filed by Dominion Voting Systems. Harvard Law School professor Rebecca Tushnet.
1: Dominion is quite rightly um, doing its best to focus on what the higher ups knew Uh, and it's just a genuine question who counts as responsible for it because uh, in some sense uh, you know if the people at the top know something and don't communicate it to the people at the bottom right the people at the bottom might
0: still not be acting with malice.
3: Professor Rebecca Tushnet. Representative Nick Lalota says he hopes fellow New York Republican George Santos will soon be expelled from the House for fraud over his serial fabrications to voters. Lalota added, I didn't see a more provable case of election fraud in my seven years as elections commissioner than the fraud committed by George Santos. A state of emergency was declared in Hoboken after a large water main broke yesterday afternoon. It impacted water pressure citywide. A construction crew working on an unrelated project mistakenly struck a water main on Observer Highway and Madison Street. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in over 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg, Nathan. Thanks, Michael.
2: Now for the Bloomberg Sports Update, brought to you by Tri-State Out. Good morning, John Stashauer.
4: Good morning, Nathan. Starting a big week for the Knicks. They hosted the Celtics. They'll host the Nets tomorrow, then a game in Miami, and then a trip to Boston. Things went well at the Garden. Knicks jumped in front, led by 20 in the first half, kept the double digit lead most of the rest of the way they won their sixth in a row 109-94 Julius Randle and Emmanuel Quickly both scored 23 the return of Mitchell Robinson has helped Three games back from injuries, at double-doubles in all three. The Celtics, at one point in the first half, missed 15 consecutive three-pointers. They were without Jalen Brown, missed the game for personal reasons, and their other all-star, Jason Tatum, got ejected after picking up a second technical. The Nets host Milwaukee tonight. If the Bucs win, that'll be 15 wins in a row for them, and they'll have moved ahead of the Celtics and into first in the East. Speaking of the Milwaukee Bucks, Mark Lazary selling his 25% ownership to Cleveland Browns owner Jimmy Haslam. The team was valued at three and a half billion dollars in spring training early reviews for baseball's new pitch clock overwhelmingly favorable the Mets Max Scherzer is a fan
6: it's a lot to know that when you pull the ball it really messes up the runner and, and the hitter so uh, the pitcher has complete control of the situation and dictates the pace now so uh, you know with the ability to also call pitches well I can either work extremely quick or extremely slow and really change the pace of this Scherzer was on
4: SNY exhibition game times are down Mets lost to the Cardinals 12-7 and Tampa Luis Severino roughed up but the Yankees Still beat Detroit 8-5. A third NFL team has said goodbye to quarterback Carson Wentz. Washington doing what Philadelphia and Indianapolis did before. ESPN reports Chicago Bears looking to trade the first pick of the draft. John stash Edwards with Bloomberg Sports.
6: Hi, I'm Ron Kraszewski, chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial Advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing, entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you.
3: Live from coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on SiriusXM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak.
4: Good
2: morning. I'm Nathan Hager, and a lot of eyes on Wall Street will be on Goldman Sachs today. The bank is holding its second-ever Investor Day, looking to drum up support for asset and wealth management after a Dismal 2022 for the broader bank. Let's get more on what to expect at Investor Day for Goldman. Bloomberg News wealth reporter Charlie Wells is with us. And it's good to have you here, Charlie, because it does seem like wealth, this unit known as AWM, is going to be the focus for the bank. Tell us more about why that
5: is. Yeah Nathan that's really crucial and look David Solomon moonlights as a DJ he's not just the CEO of Goldman Sachs right. and what he really needs to try to do here is change tack to change the narrative kind of change that track and still keep the party going because 2022 as you said was a really tough year for the bank Profits slumped by half the consumer banking unit that Goldman had really kind of brought out front and center unraveled and so there we're going to hear this pivot Towards a focus on that asset and wealth management business, which is worth $2.5 trillion.
2: And as you say, the. focus for Solomon is to try to keep the party going and to bring the focus back for a lot of these partners at Goldman who have really let their dissatisfaction with the bank's stock performance really come out into the open here. How much pressure is Solomon under to try to sort
5: of corral this dissent within the ranks? He's under quite a lot of pressure. And, you know, Goldman has that reputation, or I should say, had that reputation you know, of making big bets, of having this sort of practiced secrecy of this narrow focus. And really, over the past few years, really since that sort of first investor day in 2020, we've seen a divergence there. We've seen an emphasis on, you know, more uh, public-facing, consumer-oriented business lines of being you know, much more transparent with the public and looking a lot more like some of its Wall Street competitors. Now, there's, of course, been dissent there, right? There's been a lot of changes over the past few years. If we're talking about that asset and wealth management business, well, that was actually separated in 2020. And last year, the decision was to bring that back together. Now, when you think about a bank, when you think about separations, when you think about bringing things back together, there are are always going to be people who are dissatisfied because their positions of power change. In those uh, and
2: movements. I mean, it sort of adds to the volatility as well, doesn't it? When you have breakups and then rejoinings within just a couple of years of each other, I mean, it raises questions about
5: what's the direction of the bank? Is there yeah. stability there? That's exactly right. And that even, you know, comes as we had an incredibly volatile period in the markets over the past few few years, right? You know, trading and deal making so strong a few years ago, but then, of course, in 2022, really sort of going soft, kind of tumbleweeds, really rolling through a lot of those um, departments. And so there just is this big push on trying to bring more stability, trying to bring in that focus on a smoother way to bring in profits in both good times and bad.
2: Are there questions about whether David Solomon is going to stay on as CEO? Is he in a precarious position here?
5: This is challenging. I mean, you know, he moonlights as a DJ, as we were talking about. He's got right. that consumer facing kind of personality. But as they pivot away from that more, you know, consumer driven um, business line, you know, there are some questions about that. You know, there is a perception that the partners, according to UBS's Brennan Hawken, um, an analyst there, are not singing from the same hymn book, that there could be some dissatisfaction. Um, and look, Wells Fargo analyst Mark Mike Mayo, um, you know, one of the preeminent analysts. On of Wall Street banks, said that he would just like to see more execution than words when it comes down to this strategy. And I think we should remember that for many years, for you know, 25 years since the IPO of this bank, they've been talking about seeking an easier way, a smoother way to bring in profits. And so there is this sense of, you know, how is this actually going to happen?
2: And in our last minute here, Charlie, what's the feeling about whether asset and wealth management is going to be enough to placate the partners? Are they going to be looking for more, or could asset and wealth management be what really does provide stable earnings at Goldman?
5: That's tricky. I mean, look, it's $2.5 trillion in assets. That's huge. They're trying to make the case in some sense that, you know, Goldman inside of it has this sort of mini Blackstone. When you look at private wealth management, of course, you know, that is bigger. It outpaced asset management last year. It brought in $7.4 billion in revenue. And so, you know, we're talking big figures here. um, But this is a huge bank and that cannot be the sole focus. Of course, you know, Goldman has been known, of course, on those bets on that deal making this is a person driven business and so it's not just going to be a focus on that asset and wealth management there's going to need to be a broader shakeup at the bank and also in the narrative.